Welcome to the Winners Win Podcast, the podcast that highlights awesome people in Kansas City and the secrets to their success. I'm your host, Jamie Simpson. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of NetStandard right here in Kansas City. At NetStandard, we manage technology so that our clients can focus on running their business. Today, my guest is Mike DeMeo. He's the founder and managing director of Crown CFO, a fractional CFO service here in Kansas City. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Jamie. I appreciate being here. I appreciate you um, coming through the rainstorm to get here today. It was you got it rained right on time. What a treacherous journey! Yeah. It was a treacherous journey. That's right. Uh, well, what we like to talk about on the Winners Win podcast is we. I just want to get to know you a little bit better and and talk about your journey. And but I want to start with a question about your past. Yeah. So, what? was your most memorable early win, whether it's personal or professional or whatever comes to mind, but what's yeah. an early winning memory for you? Good question. Uh, you know, I grew up uh, loving music and a guitar player. And oh, uh, I, 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 yeah, I was in a band in, yeah. in high school and college. And uh, it, it really helped me later in, in, in life too. But I think, you know, organizing the band, going out and hustling to get gigs and doing the marketing which would be flyers and whatnot and getting up on stage and i mean to be able to pull a band together and get up on stage and play and get paid for it you know uh, was a big win you know back in the day and some good spending money in college too yeah uh, you know but it really taught me probably some great business lessons of just getting out there and doing it and proving to myself i could do it and so uh certainly that that's a big win that comes to mind so you must have been decent, the band, if you actually made spending money. That Just seems decent. Good. I, obviously, we weren't great, but we were good enough to uh, entertain <laughs> our friends and play in bars. So at you never went on the road and tried to make it big. Never or... went on the road, but okay. one of my classmates did. He ended up oh. writing a one-hit wonder uh, in oh, the nineties. So it was pretty neat to watch him. But no, my career ended with my accounting degree. Okay. Well, it's hard to find rock and rollers with accounting degrees, probably. <laughs> it's not necessarily the that direct path to true. stardom. So yeah, well, great. Well, that's a good experience. Um, did you play a lot of instruments growing up? Did not. It was or really just, just guitar. guitar. Yeah, yeah. For the ladies? Is that why? Well, you know, of course, you do, always do it for the ladies. But uh, and then a little bit of beer money helps, too. So <laughs> it's a good combo. That's good inspiration. I, that's what I always think when I see my kids' friends that walk through the door with their guitar. And I'm like, okay, well, that's your strategy. I got, I got you. I see what we're doing here. So. Well, I needed all the help I could get, too. Hey, so. whatever works. Yeah. You know, you got to use what you got, right? That's great. Well, tell me, uh, you and I met because um, of Crown CFO, and we're a client of yours, and, yeah. and you do some business with us. So yeah. um, for those who don't know, Crown is... Crown CFO is a fractional CFO firm. It's what we do is provide CFO services to companies who aren't ready for a full-time CFO. Uh, so I think in the old days, it was very binary. Either you had a CFO or you didn't. Uh, there was kind of no answer in between. And so we try to plug that gap in between. Uh, which, by the way, is probably 80% of the companies in the world don't have a full-time CFO. And so what we do is hire great CFOs within our firm uh, and pair them up with great companies like NetStandard and, and work with companies who only need a CFO maybe a day a week, but can really use the benefit of an experienced CFO. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great model. And um, we have a lot of similarities because of what we do, right? We get hired out as a fractional IT department and, and you hire out finance geniuses fractionally. And so... 
we, we've always had a lot in common, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I was actually talking to someone at lunch the other day who is about the same size revenue-wise as we are a few more bodies than we have, but they were saying their next hire for next year, their goal is to hire a CFO. And I was like, what are you doing without a CFO? Like, how do you even function without somebody yeah. to model what you're doing for you so you can look at your decision-making? And, and they kind of said, well, we're super special. You know, what we do is really different than a lot of other companies. And so we feel like we need a full-time CFO to understand what we do. What would you tell somebody in that situation? I could tell you what I told them, but you yeah, tell me what yeah. you want me to tell them. And then when I see them again, I'll pass it along. Well, good, good question. Well, especially yeah. if it's their first time CFO. I mean, something yeah. I would tell somebody, it's uh, always good to start with the fractional route because I always say rent before you buy. You know, there's a lots of different flavors of CFOs out there. I mean, not just in terms of different personalities, but different companies need a different type of CFO. Uh, you know, sometimes the word CFO means to some people looking backwards and closing the books. To other people, the word CFO means more of a forward-looking strategic resource, right? And so um, sometimes I would tell people, hey, you know, rent a little bit so you understand what you want. That, that person, maybe a fractional CFO, can help you understand really what your business needs help you design that job description, and then go out and find that perfect person, uh, help you find that perfect person. Or, hey, maybe you really don't need a full-time CFO. Uh, sometimes, you know, if it's a bandwidth issue, well, maybe you just need a, another full-time staff accountant to, to handle some of the things, but can use a fractional CFO, and, and, and at the end of the day, coming at a lower cost than maybe if you were hiring a full-time CFO. I mean, anytime you're hiring anybody, it's an investment in your company, right? Sure. And certainly the higher you up the chain, I mean, the bigger of a risk and investment you're making in that company. So even starting with the fractional route helps you just understand and capitalize on that investment uh, more wisely than you would if you were just hiring for the first time, hiring your first CFO. Uh, you know, there's a lot of companies we walk into who say, we used to have a CFO and it was a disastrous situation, partly because we had no idea what we were doing when we were hiring and didn't really know what questions to ask or what type of CFO we needed. And after they've made that mistake, they have a little more clarity, but working with a fractional CFO first can, can help provide that clarity. Yeah, no, I mean, we have that conversation a lot too, where people say, um, you know, hey, I'm gonna hire an internal IT guy to handle such and such. And, and one of the things we talk about in our sales process, but we also talk about with prospects is if you don't know IT, if you don't know technology, it can be really hard to manage, recruit, hire, and manage somebody who does. Because how mm -hmm. do you know if what they're telling you is true or not? Right, you know. Right. And so sometimes I think, and I think for finance, I think having a fractional finance officer has helped. It certainly helps net standard in the sense that it sets sort of a tone for, okay, hey, here's what our controller does, and here's what a finance officer does, and here's the roles and responsibilities and how they differ. If we did get to the point where we wanted to hire, mm -hmm. Um, you know, I feel like you're right. We'd know better. Hey, this is what I expect out of this role. This is what it's going to look like. This is how we manage and oversee it. And I think you'd have a better idea of that after the fact. So. Absolutely. And, and even using the IT world, I would say, you know, hiring that full-time person, you're not going to get a person who knows everything, knows databases, knows hardware, knows software. You know, what's great about using a firm is that there's, there's, there's different levels of expertise within the firm and you can utilize different resources. And it's same within our firm. I mean, not every CFO knows everything. You know, we have different people in our firm who might know something about an ESOP or debt recapitalization or going through a lot of M&A transactions. Or we have a CFO who recently helped a company build a brand new headquarters. Great, let's bring in that person if the next client's ready to build a headquarters just to learn what they learned. Yeah. And so just benefits of using a firm full of experts. 
Yeah, I actually, I met with somebody that was a referral from our fractional CFO, Angela. Um, I met with somebody yesterday and they said, well, do you want to see my references? I said, no, if, if Angela yeah. referred you, we're good. <laughs> so I do, I think it helps because they have, you know, Angela has such a wide perspective and then you've got your team behind her. So then if, if there is something that she may not have done before, but somebody on our team has, you have that ability to right, leverage it, right. which is really great. Additional but resources. I could talk about how great Angela is all day, which would really embarrass her. So we don't have to do that. But, um, but she is great. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> but um, so tell me about, I assume, and I think I know because we've talked about this before, you came out of a more traditional CFO role before you started Crown CFO. So what was it about, was it a desire to manage your own schedule? Was it, Did you see a need in the market? What is it that led you to start your firm? Yeah, great question. So uh, I think when I came out of school, my goal was to be a CFO. And so I kind of worked my way up through the private company world and uh, did achieve that goal when I was 35 years old, became a CFO for the first time. Uh, did that for a few years, was with a media company. Uh, then I left there and became CFO of a company that sold recycled tires and recycled railroad cross ties. And we would shred them up and sell them as fuel to Fortune 500 companies. Uh, it was pretty neat, pretty neat niche business. Cool, yeah. A lot of fun, lots of moving parts in a business like that. Uh, so CFO of that company, and, and, and we grew and doubled in size the time that I was there, I think from about 20 million to 40 million. And uh, right at the time, I, I, I turned about 40, uh, I think at the time. Uh, I also have an MBA in entrepreneurship uh, that I got when I was in my 20s. So I've always had this sort of burning desire to start my own business. Kind of looked at things over the years, but talked myself out of them for one way or another. Uh, and the CFO gig was going really well. Uh, but I think turning 40 and, and, and realizing I still had a, you know, a good chunk of years left in the work world, uh, this desire to start my own business. And also at the time, my wife, we had three kids at home. Uh, she's a, a nursing career. And uh, with every kid, she started to stay home a lot more and she was a stay-at-home mom. And then uh, after the third kid, she was like, I can't stay home anymore. I wanna go back to work one day a week. You need to go in and tell your boss you can only work four days a week. And uh, exactly, <laughs> that was sort of my reaction internally sure. was, uh, that is yeah, great. I was gonna tell the CEO That's of my company go I'm well. only working four days yep. a week. So, uh, you know, I, I knew it wasn't an option within that firm, but it got me thinking, well, how can I only work four days a week and stay at home uh, on Fridays to be with my youngest uh, daughter at the time? And so I sort of backed into, well, I guess if I can just find four companies, you just need me a day a week, you know, I could sort of create yeah. my own life here uh, uh, and have that, that desired schedule. So I think it kind of started with desire to start my own business, but also the schedule, the pressure. flexibility, yeah. kids at home. You know, that the work-life balance Necessity for sure. is the mother of invention, right? Exactly. No, it's so, great. Uh, yeah. So I think I started thinking, well, it's just going to be me. Uh, but when I started out on this journey, I, I got busy immediately. I mean, within two months, I had found those four days of billable time that I needed and uh, started and still kept getting tons of requests to go meet with people. So I realized pretty quickly that it's just more than just me. I can build a whole firm around this. Uh, but that's really how I got my start. So you've grown a lot in the last couple of years. So what are some of the challenges that you've had as a part of that growth? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge has been selling. You know, I'm an accountant. Everybody else in my firm are, are accountants by, by nature, and, and none of us are, are salespeople. As a matter of fact, when you're in a company, accounting and sales can sometimes uh, be like oil and water. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, so it just, you know, and we've been the hunted for our whole careers, people wanting to meet with us and trying to sell us as CFOs. So to have those tables flipped was certainly the biggest challenge. I mean, I think anybody getting into consulting thinks, 
yeah, I have these superpowers. I can certainly consult with other people and tell them what I know. They really underestimate uh, uh, how hard it is to f land those clients and find those clients and really sell those clients. Uh, so that was certainly the, 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 the biggest challenge in the beginning. Um, and we've worked a lot to sort of look at our sales process and refine our sales process and continually be looking for it. And, you know, and not just saying yes to everybody and starting to realize over time, okay, who's the right fit for us and where can we really hit home runs? Um, and we've hired a fractional sales coach, um, you know, because that's just, you know, again, I'd rather learn from an expert than me just through trial and error, uh, try to figure it out. So he's been great. You know, we, 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 we I think it, in our industry, you know, we do have a lot of great sales processes and that's one of the biggest fears when people join is, how am I going to find my clients? How's this going to work? You know, none of us have any sales experience before coming to the firm. You know, so that's just a, a, one of our strengths we have developed into now is kind of being uh, sort of that sales machine as people join the firm. So in your model, each one of your staff is responsible for filling their schedule. Is that right? Or do you have like a central sales, do you have a sales force? Do you have a sales function that you're using? Or? Yeah. So I, I'm the CEO and the head of sales too, right? Yeah, so Right. Uh, like a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not, you know, we always say we're going to develop it together. You know, I never would leave anybody in an island, especially nobody with somebody without any sales experience. Sure. And so, yeah, they want to join our firm because of our experience and help them be able to, to find and land those clients and also help them identify, you know, what is going to be a good client and what is going to be a disaster. You know, we yeah. can kind of tell up front some engagements are going to be a disaster and maybe that's not the right fit for us or it's just not the right size for us or it's not the right industry for us. Um, so be able to coach people and help them land those gigs, but also help them define, you know, what's really going to work for them so they can be happy at the end of the day. You know, we want happy client and happy consultant and all that and those things too. So all that goes into our sales process. So yeah, we, we, we help every consultant coming in to help find those clients. How do you control your brand? So in terms of, you know, every CFO is sort of running those clients a certain way. What, what quality control or layer do you, is it, is it really largely in recruitment? Is it in client feedback? How do you control sort of what their experience is with you as Crown CFO? Yeah, I think that is a great question. Uh, and, I, and, and, and I think you have to sort of think of the brand and everything you do, right? Right. And, and not, maybe not the brand, but maybe our core values, which then our, our brand comes out of that. But yeah, it starts with recruitment. I mean, you know, I try to hire just A players uh, um, and, and be very selective. And it actually probably slows my growth a little bit but I'd rather grow the right way with the, you know, the right brand in mind than just to hire a whole bunch of people and, and, and stick them out there. So yeah, it starts with recruitment. It starts with client selection. And you know, I would say you can hire an A player, but you need to put them in the right situations for them to be an A player. If I hire an A player, but put them in a different situation, they're no longer an A player. And so it's being very um, um, uh, deliberate about you know, who, is, who we're gonna bring on as a client and putting them in the right seat. You know, I say, you know, we could take Patrick Mahomes out to the bowling alley. He's probably pretty good, but he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes in the bowling alley like he is on the football field. Uh, and so you got to put people in the right situation so they can succeed, be those A players, hit home runs, and then that just enhances the brand from there. Yeah, I think uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I think it, you're right. You have to have the right person in the right opportunity, yeah. right? And a client has to be ready to receive. And I know one of the things we really liked about our process is getting to meet the potential partner before we brought her into the company because it made you feel like, okay, I may not be doing this as a hire. I'm not a direct hire, but at least I've got some 
I've established some connection and I kind of know who I'm going to talk right. to and it feels like a good fit for both of us. And so I think that was a really important, I mean, I think that really helped our success. And I can tell you, we've used other fractionalized resources in some other roles. And when they don't do that up front, I now ask for it. Yeah. I'm going to have to meet, meet my team before we do it because otherwise we had one where we, we took the assigned fractional resource and it wasn't a good fit. And about two weeks in, I'm having this conversation going, okay, we brought you in to help you with, help us in this area. And we're, I feel like we're worse off. So we've yeah. got, we got a level set here. We've got a problem. And so we ended up switching out people, but that's, that is something that I've taken from the way you all do things is that I really feel like as a consumer, I want to, I want to at least meet who I'm talking to before we start laying out our books and saying, okay, here's our, here's our finances. Here's our last five years of really confidential finance data. Here you go. Like, yeah, <laughs> take a yeah. look and let me know what you think. Yeah. So, I mean, and that, yeah. I'm glad you say that. It's very yeah, important really to us like to have yeah. that sort of face-to-face -face meeting. Not only so you are comfortable with the consultant, but so the consultant's comfortable with the people they're going to be working with. I mean, truly, you're talking about Angela, the fractional CFO working with you as part of your team. You know, and, and, and that's important to us too, knowing that when we're walking in somewhere, we want to be part of the team. That's what we want. And so that face-to-face -face meeting is very important for us as well. And the other thing that's important is, you know, clients don't always know, again, going back to what they're looking for in a CFO. And so it's very important to me to make sure I'm hiring very good CFOs so that when I'm putting them in front of a client, we already know that they're a good CFO. Now let's make sure the personalities match and, and, and goals match and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I'll 100% beef with you over Angela. I mean, if, we, if we're going to talk about who she is, I consider very much a part of my team. Yeah. So uh, I know she's technically not, but I, I really do. I think of her, I just think of her as one of the rest of our group. So yeah, it works that's out great. Really well that's important us. to us too. So that's yeah, great. no, we, it works out great for us. Um, so what about, what about growth? So you've talked a little about growth, and then you and I have talked about sales, and you mentioned it a little bit previously, but what, you know, do you have a vision for where you want Crown to be in three years? Or are you kind of just happy organically pacing it the way it works? Yeah, great question. So, uh, I mean, there, there's zero pressure to grow. So if it happens organically, that's great. I mean, I think what we're looking at is, you know, in Kansas City, we have a very robust fractional CFO market, probably one of the bigger ones in the country. And I, and, and I look at the whole country and I'm part of a group of other firms like us around the country. Oh, and nice. so I have visibility in the other markets. You yeah. know, uh, uh, we're friends with a group in Milwaukee. There's only one firm in Milwaukee and here in Kansas City, we probably have 10. Yeah. You know, I look at St. Louis, there's hardly anybody doing it in St. Louis. And so, you know, um, um, we, we can continue to grow here in Kansas City the way we have been. That's great. I mean, I think what we're always looking at is, yeah, how would we do this in another city? You know, uh, what happens when Mike DeMay is not there in St. Louis or Denver or Austin or Dallas, whatever it is, you know, so, you know, how do you, how do you it, going back to the brand, how do you maintain the brand in those other cities or, or, or make the brand relevant in those cities? Uh, and, and that's just something we're continuously looking at and trying to develop or think about what would that look like? What can we do today to make sure we're increasing our probability of success when we're ready to do that? Yeah, I, I think it's tough. I mean, when you're in a, a business that and really all of our businesses are like this, but they focus very much on the performance in processes used by individuals that are performing mm -hmm. that work. I mean, you've got to have something, you can't necessarily, I always say, I can't replicate Mike. Like I can't put Mike DeMeo in another city. So I've either got to have a process or I've got to understand what that personality profile looks like, or I've got to figure out how to replicate it right. over and over because yeah. I can't just 
carbon copy people and, and put them in those roles. So. Yeah, so we spent a lot of time on processes. Yeah, from people recruitment is not process. To, yeah, yeah, sales, the onboarding, that sort of thing. It not only is a good business practice, uh, but just, yeah, how, how can that be replicated in another location? So what gets you excited about what you do? I mean, you've been doing this for a while now because I know your kids are a little bit older than yeah. they were. So, yeah. um, you know, what gets you excited still about what you're doing at Crown? Yeah, I mean, I think all of us in our firm have the desire to help people, right? So anytime you can, you can help somebody, that just gets us going, number one. And number two, I think we're, we're very lucky to be sort of from a CFO perspective to show tangible financial results on the bottom line. And so be able to go in somewhere and just hit a home run, I mean, just still, gets us super excited, gets the adrenaline going. Uh, we recently uh, uh, signed a company, you know, that's, you know, uh, between 20 and 30 million in revenue. And, and we walk in there and just know, wow, look at all these great things we know we can fix. That's just really gonna change. And, and some of these instances are life-changing for people. Like we're really gonna change this person's life. We can go in and, and fix a lot of things and help them achieve their goals, um, you know, where they might not be able to do it with, without having a CFO sitting alongside them. So. Being able to help people achieve their goals, you know, make differences in their lives, uh, see those tangible results. I mean, that's, that's just what gets us going all the time. That's great. So what else do you do outside of Crown? Like, what is it that you're, you like to spend your time doing when you're not growing the business? Yeah, well, thankfully, I still have my guitars. Uh, I think great. in college I had one. Now I'm up to seven. Are you in a band? Around the house. Not in a band yet, but that is on my goals. We've to, got a uh, guy. We've got a couple guys. IT guys are kind of nerdy. Guys are into bands, actually. Like it's there's a direct correlation. Pilots and musicians. There's a lot of IT <laughs> guys that are pilots or musicians. Yeah, I don't know why, but that that seems to be a thing. So, yeah, we've got one guy that works for us that he's like a hardcore. He's in a band. That's, that's his awesome. thing. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's my goal is to get back into a band again. I mean, right now my kids are in tons of competitive sports, so we probably oh. spend 20, 30 hours a week on sports. Uh, which is insane, uh, but we love it. We love watching sports and the kids love it, uh, but that's become a whole uh, economy in itself. The youth sports industry is, I think, a billion dollar industry now, so. There's a problem, I can tell you from our experience, there's probably a lot of those clubs that could use a fractional CFO. Uh, they're, they're, I think they're getting big enough that, yeah, they're I'm sure probably- you're like uh, me, like I have this brain when I go, like my daughter played competitive basketball, right? And I'd go to these tournaments and I'd start doing the math in my head. Like, okay, the gate entry is this and the team entry is this. And if there's this many teams, like, I'm like these guys are raking. Like this weekend yeah. is raking. Yeah. Like I just think about the numbers of it just are staggering. What's well, funny, the baseball club we're part of just got acquired. So there's already acquisitions going on in the this, yeah, in we were in a soccer industry. club that got yeah. acquired. Yep, you're right. Yeah, Isn't that crazy? People building, you know, multi-million dollar facilities. It's big business. So. It's a lot for kids to have to understand all of that, though. Yeah. All of that trading around, and it seems like it's maybe it's a lot of time. A little traumatic, yeah. But it's great. We love it. But that's why I'm not in a band right now. But as soon as that starts to uh, sunset a little bit, the kids' activities, I will definitely be in a band. My youngest started driving a week ago, and I can tell you that I was like, yes, now I can actually yeah. do things. Because I was so busy three. driving yeah. her to all of her practices and things. I was just like, this is so great. And then the first day she drove, and I'm thinking, great, I had a full schedule in the afternoon all the way through. I think I was supposed to meet somebody for happy hour at four or something. Like, I was fully booked. And she calls me about 1.30 and is like, I think I need to go to the doctor because my ear hurts. And I'm like, I, no, I don't have time to go to the doctor. Like, this is my free day, yeah, I'm yeah. free, and I can't do this now. And so we ended up, I ended up not being free and I had to take her to the doctor. Because even though she could drive there, she couldn't be seen without an adult. <laughs> I was like, 
oh. <laughs> but it is a little bit of freedom once and they start like, driving. Well, yeah. It seemed like such a good idea. Yeah, not only for them, but for the work schedule, a little bit of freedom. No, it's much. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's amazing how much of that um, affects your schedule. Well, it's funny the phone calls you get. I mean, my daughter uh, also just been driving for about a year, and I got a phone call recently that uh, she actually left her car running in the school parking lot while she was in school and ran out of gas uh, while she was in school. So <laughs> you, even when even when you think that you know, your schedule's free and they're driving that. That, that's a yeah. better call than a lot of car-related <laughs> calls, though. I mean, I'd rather have that call over yeah. I ran into somebody in the parking lot or I can't find my car because yeah. I left it running and it's no longer in the parking lot. We need so. to be flexible, right? That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, tell me a little bit. About, what about networking? Like, I know you, you said you were involved in a group that has like-minded companies around the country, but yep. what else do you do to try to build new relationships and find new clients and... What types of organizations are you involved in? Yeah, so uh, yeah, the peer group I'm in, it's called FINACA, the uh, Finance and Accounting Consultants Alliance. And that is more of a peer group. I'm not trying to find new clients out of there, but that is just good to compare notes with other yeah. people. Mm -hmm. uh, locally, I'm, I'm involved in ACG, and we are a sponsor of Association for Corporate Growth here in Kansas City. Love that group. That is a great group. Really high-quality people, and people I've known throughout my career. Uh, I was happy when I joined there to, to see so many familiar faces of private equity companies or bankers or lawyers that I've met along the way and lots of CPA firms. Oh, uh, so that's okay. a big group for us. Uh, yeah, we are a sponsor. Um, otherwise, it's just, you know, I, I, I think along the way you, you realize there's certain people you like to work with who do great work. And those are just the people you always just want to stay in touch with and, and continue to network with them. And that's where, you know, we have this lot of great working relationship with CPA firms and banks around town, uh, insurance brokerages that you know, we can refer business both ways. And it's not just about referring business, it's about knowing you can bring a great solution like NetStandard to our clients, a trusted solution that we know does a good job and, you know, we work with them as well. And, you know, we, we're there to provide solutions for our clients. And so it's not only just referring and networking, but also having a good Rolodex of solutions for our clients. Yeah, no, I think that, like I said, I mean, I really do trust the recommendations that your team makes when you make us recommendations. Yeah. And I think it's nice to know that you're working with somebody who has, I, I always tell our team, we don't have to be able to do all of the things. We just, but it's great if we know somebody else who can, I'd rather right. walk them into somebody who we trust than, um, than not. I think it just continues your, um, your position as trusted advisor when you can leverage some of those relationships. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you might have, you know, three or four different options, but you know, which one's the best fit for you, uh, just because we know you and we know them and yeah. you know, not every situation is the perfect fit for everybody else, but having just a, a roster of, uh, of referral partners you can go to, um, to provide solutions. Yeah, I think when we came, when we were evaluating options and we came to Crown, um, I don't know that I knew you were a client of ours and we were doing some, or we had done some work for you. I don't know I knew that when we evaluated. I, actually, I think it we all kind of started afterwards. with each other almost like, around oh, the same okay. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's convenient. That yeah. works out well. So, yeah, it works yeah. out. Um, well, I like to ask everybody uh, my final question, which is if you had to synthesize all of the things that you've done in your career and what you've learned, what one piece of advice would you give a mentee or a kid interested in you know, getting into the market and doing something? What would you pass along? Yeah, getting into the fractional CFO market or just business just in anything. general? It can be just anything. What would you tell your kids? If your kids say, okay, dad, give me one 
piece of advice as I go look for my first job, what would you tell them? Yeah, I think so many people are hesitant to, to just to try to dive in and do something, you know? Uh, you know, I know lots of great guitar players who were just never in a band just because maybe they were afraid to get up on stage or, or just do that extra step to kind of organize something. Um, I mean, I'd probably tell my kids early, you know, go get some experience, but start a business early, you know? Uh, probably much easier to do in your 20s than in your 40s, perhaps. Um, but, but I think just that fear of just going out and just doing it, you know, I think so many people uh, are just are afraid to take that leap or that step. Uh, and it doesn't need to be the, the full-time step, but even just trying something on the side, you know, um, uh, that has been the biggest game changer for me is just to be able to evolve, to be able to pick up the phone and just call somebody, you know, maybe even to try to sell them on our services. You know, that I have something I never would have done 10 or 20 years ago, uh, just to be able to do something like that. So just, I, I think just encouraging people just to, uh, you know, just try it, just do it. I mean, that old Nike slogan, just do it. I mean, just get out there and try it, write a business plan, whatever it is. Don't just keep saying you're gonna do it. I mean, just go ahead and do it. I think that's great advice. I think that's really good. Well, thanks for being with us today. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. I really time. appreciate it. Yeah, it's great. Thanks,